0: Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century and beyond. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me is my co-host who always speaks and can never be suppressed, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I
1: am doing great, Andy. How are you doing today?
0: You know, I'm super. Hey, our hundredth episode is coming up and we'd really I like know. to hear Yeah, we'd really like to hear from you listeners. Uh, if you shoot us a message on our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page or an email at disney podcast at gmail.com to share your thoughts about, well, anything regarding this podcast, uh, we'll try to read your comments in our hundredth episode
1: yeah, we want to we want to include you in this. So that would be a fun way of doing it, I think,
0: yeah. yeah. What movie
1: are we doing today, Larry? Today we are doing Air Bud, Yay! which is a movie I have known about and quoted on many occasions, <laughs> but never seen until <gasps> until we did this episode.
0: Ah, oh, I'm so glad that you got to see Air Bud, because I love this movie. So and nothing you say today, Larry, not one thing will deter me from the the fact that I would watch this movie again and again.
1: Okay, this was the only time I'm watching this movie, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't have a bad time watching it.
0: Okay, I, good, good.
1: But I understand how the vent like it has a dog in it, so you're gonna love it.
0: Of like, course. Right, and, done. Yeah, yeah. Done. Uh so the Airbud is the beginning film of this wildly popular movie franchise starting with the Airbud series, then the Air Buddies series, and then the Santa Paws series. So basically a nineteen ninety seven to twenty twelve run. Wow. These dogs wow. do okay.
1: That is that is a lot of dog movies in our future. <laughs> A
0: lot. I don't know that we'll watch them all, but, you know, hey, we, we might. Season test.
1: six is entirely the Air Bud series. That's all we're doing. Just in a
0: row. I'm telling you, Air Bud got me many a shower. When I. But also, I loved watching this movie with my kids when they were young, and they really loved it. And so it's just got a special place in my heart, for sure. Well, that's uh, fantastic. Yes. So some key facts to get this party started. Um, in 1991, Kevin DeChico had a golden retriever named Buddy the Wonder Dog, who was featured both on ABC's America's Funniest Home Videos and David Letterman's Stupid Pet Tricks, where he appeared three times. Uh, Buddy had been found by DeChico as a stray dog in the Sierra Nevada in the summer of 1989, and DeChico trained the dog to play basketball, baseball, football, hockey, and soccer.
1: Andy, why yes. is that not the movie? Why is this not the movie of a guy who finds a stray dog and teaches the dog to play basketball, baseball, football, hockey, and soccer? That's a movie.
0: Yes, I agree. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, it gets a little murky as to who approached who. But indie film company Keystone Entertainment, uh, in conjunction with Kevin, who started his own film company as well, Buddy Films, created Air Bud. A, film based on Buddy. So this movie is a bit of a co-production. It gets picked up by Disney for distribution, ok. So based on the trailer, and if you've seen the trailer for Airbud,
1: yes, I've seen the trailer for Airbud.
0: Yeah, ok. So based on the trailer, Roger Ebert was not in a hurry to see this movie, But he admits that by the end of the film, he was quietly amazed. Not only could Buddy play basketball, but I actually cared how the game turned out, he said. Now, Ebert really doubted whether Buddy could play basketball, but indeed, Buddy does all of his own shots for this picture. There's no trickery or FX involved.
1: I mean, this this goes to two points. Uh, I mean, the first point, which we've made many times, is when Disney actually uses animal actors as opposed to CGI. Oh. It makes a big difference. It's just, it's Better for movies, the animal well, just, actors are better.
0: You just have so much pathos. I mean, there's so much empathy for the dog, and you connect with the dog. And if you're a dog lover or a cat lover or whatever, it just it just makes the movie more special for you. I think I,
1: I'm speci- I'm specifically comparing it to the lifeless CGI enhanced dogs from 101 Dalmatians, which comes a few years later. And I know people love those dogs too, but but Buddy is acting circles around them. I mean, yeah, no
0: oh, for sure, for sure. There's a but realism also, for the show. For, for I had,
1: to, <laughs> look, I'm not going to disagree with Ebert about the trailer because I saw the trailer in 1997 and I'm watching the movie now in 2023. So <laughs> clearly it didn't get the job done for me. Uh huh. But I also want to say, I think the trailer unfairly uh, made me have issues with this movie that I don't think are the movie's fault, which is in my mind. I uh-huh. have always known that this was a movie where the dog is on the basketball team. He wears like in the in the in the cutouts in the pictures for the movie he's wearing the jersey. Right. In the trailer, I'm reasonably certain they have the most famous line. There's no rule in the book that says a dog can't play basketball. Mm-hmm. And in my head, that meant this movie was the dog was playing basketball by like minute 15 and we would see him in a bunch of games over the course of the season. And that's not what this movie is. And I think it hurts the movie to know that because when the dog actually joins the basketball team, I feel like it's written like, Oh my gosh, what a treat. What a surprise. I never thought that this could possibly happen. But instead I've been anticipating it for an hour and a half. So you've Which is not the movie's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. It's not so the you, movie's fault that I think it's that.
0: The tra- it's the marketing's fault. So I think so. so. Yeah, so there's this dramatic question, will the dog make the team? Could the dog actually save the day? And it's already answered for you by the trailer. So the mystery is gone.
1: Right? right? No, I mean, yeah. I, I, and I don't know how to go into this movie blind again, because everyone knows in Air Bud, the dog plays basketball for the team.
0: What's you all know that I mean, it's the title, right? I mean Yeah. yeah. Air Jordan, Air Bud, right? Um, it's just there.
1: We you the, know it. Yeah. Um it's just one of those it's one of those things where an outside factor, not germane to the script or the or the direction, uh, affects my perception of the movie.
0: That's total sidebar, but this is why I don't watch trailers. I do not nope. watch them. I I will not because I always feel like I I'm being misled. Also, I f- figure out the good, the best parts of the movie often are in the trailers, like the line that gets delivered that should have this major impact. It's yep. there, it is, and it's like I remember that from the trail. Like every time I see the trailer for a movie, and that moment happens where somebody says something of import, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that from the trailer.
1: So I don't well, I'll, match, I'll match, I'll match your don't. sidebar with the sidebar. Um, <laughs> I try to avoid trailers for the Marvel movies ever since. Captain America Civil War because I saw the trailer for Captain America Civil War and look I get it Spider-Man is in that movie so they wanted this is the the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man that's in the world with the others they're introducing him in this movie but I maintain that if I had not known that Spider-Man was in it and I was watching Captain America Civil War and all of a sudden Tony Stark shows up at Peter Parker's apartment I would have gasped so hard
0: yeah if that had been a
1: surprise to me i love that movie but that first time watching that movie if i didn't know spider-man was going to be in it and then spider-man was in it Mm -hmm. it would have been amazing
0: it's like a spoil Uh, it's like watching spoilers i don't like it. it is and i don't like that so literally when we're at the movie theater I find that's the time for me to go get popcorn's time for me to kind of walk around the movie theater or whatever and kind of watch my watch and be like, okay. Um trailer to the
1: princess diaries tricked me into thinking it was gonna be fun. So so yeah, I'm <laughs> anti-trailer now.
0: You are still on that movie. Okay. I will right. never forgive that movie. <laughs> okay. So this movie, Airbud, that we're sorry for all the sidebars, but I think those were important conversations. No, no, it's
1: have. important. We'll keep it. yeah,
0: going. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this movie is directed by Charles Martin Smith, who starred in one of my favorite unsung Disney pictures, Never Cry Wolf. It's a movie we really must do. Um, and I, I totally forgotten about it until I noticed that he was, he, uh, he directed this picture. Robert and William Vince are are the brothers who produced this movie. They were kind of skeptical about whether or not, uh, Buddy could do what, uh, Kevin claimed he could do. So they set up a regulation hoop in their studio parking lot. And they brought Buddy, Kevin brought Buddy to the studio. And Buddy just made shot after shot after shot after shot after shot, after shot and never missed. That mm-hmm. was his audition. <laughs> so uh so the filmmakers really wanted to create a movie that could be co-viewed by parents and kids together. And they wanted the movie to not just be candy where the dog makes basketball shots, but they wanted uh, the movie, a movie that contains some important messages. And Vince said, the, you know, the dog doesn't give a rat's behind about whether he wins or loses. What he cares about is playing the game. And I would add what he cares about is playing the game with Josh. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, that—that uh, that is for sure. True.
0: Yeah. So sadly uh, the original buddy passed away in uh, 1998 due to complications with cancer, but mm-hmm. his puppies, went on to have their own franchise. And yes, Buddy sired all of his puppies. So Kevin um, made sure that happened. And fun fact, every dog I've ever had, every dog I've ever had a, as a part of my family since this movie came out, loves watching this movie. They get very excited when the dog barks, especially at the end. Uh, and they really just come to full attention and they want to know what's going on. And I suspect it's because the dog's face is so big. Like a lot of times the dog is shot so that the face is on the screen and close. Uh, so we get nice close-ups of Buddy in this movie. And um, I don't know about your dogs, folks, but my dogs love the I've never had a dog that did not love this movie. If
1: this is universally true... This Uh is an untapped demographic. (laughs) They need to be making more movies for dogs. They're not considering the buying power of people who just want to watch their dogs watch movies. Yeah. Which I think is probably a real thing. So this is how we're going to bring movies back. (laughs) This is it. We're going to cater to the dog demographic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, bring your dog to the theater day. I mean, this could be this could be really good. So, yep. All right, that's what I've got, Larry.
1: All right, so then let's get into the, the plot of this thing, uh-huh. and we begin, Air Bud, as we always begin movies with the monish to which is why where we ask, why does this movie begin where it begins? And Andy, I was not expecting this movie to begin where it begins. Uh, We're on a road and a car is coming, but it has the face of a nightmare clown from the lower realms (laughs) um, driving down the road. And immediately, I am thrown. But it turns out there is no rule in filmmaking that says you can't start your movie with a nightmare clown car, even if it's about a dog playing basketball. Uh, We meet Buddy and his owner, uh, norm snively uh they are norm snively is a clown uh he uh, buddy is also dressed up in like a little clown outfit they're going to do a birthday party and we see that that norm snively is arguably the world's worst clown his act is going <laughs> terribly although is it is it going terribly <laughs>
0: Because I, mean, I have the kids don't like it, right? But yeah. The kids,
1: don't, the kids in the movie don't like it, but I imagine the kids in the audience do. Yeah. That they like it, like that he's bumbling, that he can't juggle, that he's falling on stuff. It's, it's this weird thing where, like, I don't actually think the kids in the movie are having the experience kids would have of this clown. Um, but we put that aside because that's not the point. But the kids do get excited when the dog comes out. The dog kind of steals the show. Yeah. But then there are shenanigans. Uh, like, the I mean, the clown chases the dog all over the house for reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much destroying the birthday party. And uh, the clown blames the dog. Uh, and basically says, I'm sending you to the pound where they're going to put you down. You've ruined my life for the
0: last time. And Michael and, Jeter does such a great job in this movie as the clown, oh, he too. He's oh, he's, he's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, no, I no ha- he's I hate being a clown. It's... Well, he says that, Andy. <laughs> but why is he a clown then? In today's economy, is this the only opportunity for the working man to be a clown?
0: I mean, I, I think it, w- it would have been nice to have kind of a one line as to why he's a clown. But uh, yeah, I agree. Was it a
1: family business and his dad was like, I'm sorry, your dreams of being a lawyer will never happen. You're going to be a clown like your dad and your daddy's dad. What is the story there? Why I mean, is it's this an- man forced to be a clown?
0: I mean, visually, it's an old truck. He's been doing this for a while. I mean, it it feels like he's just kind of, you know. Take responsibility
1: for your life choices, Norm. Well, and he's got,
0: but he's got such a big ego. Like, what can, can he do anything else? I mean, he's mean, he's got a big ego. He's really nothing without the dog, right? I mean, that's clear in this, Manishana.
1: Look, so, so my big, my big question is, look I don't want to get we can talk about we can talk about the clown later let's get through plot but okay. but why are we starting here
0: I I my my biggest concern is the canary at the beginning cuz the first shot well the first sh- few shots there's this canary that's watching the the truck go over and I'm like why why is there this canary there and we never see the canary again but yeah Maybe it's because we know it's going to be an animal movie. I don't I don't know. It's
1: just weird. So, I'm going to argue that probably the idea here is we want to see the villain yes. up front and center. Oh, Although yeah. I I'm not sure. I mean, he's an antagonist, but I'm not sure Norm actually is the villain of this movie or or the one or the one that we see defeated at we'll, we'll talk about it at yeah. the climax, but but I I guess the idea is we want to establish this character early and we want to explain why Buddy can do what he can do. Mm-hmm. And the answer is he was trained to do tricks because he's a clown's dog.
0: Yeah, so it's really it's really clever I mean it's pretty clever exposition. Also, mm-hmm. we also see Buddy get introduced to a newspaper we know that Norm's been abusing Buddy uh and we yeah, we see his his prowess, right, with balls and and such.
1: I mean, we certainly know Buddy has a problem and Buddy needs to get away from this man.
0: Right. Right? Right.
1: So so if you have any if and if we didn't have that, if you had any trepidation about like should Buddy actually be with his original owner? It mm-hmm. is unambiguous he should not. And I'm actually, you know, comparing this a little bit to old Yeller where where I actually think it's possible you could think that old yeller should go with his original owner because when he shows up he seems to care about the dog right, right? here we're not going to we're not going to have that heart tug of only one person can have the dog we know who we want to have it
0: yeah no no ambiguity here for sure
1: what would you say the inciting incident of this movie is
0: well i mean i think it's when josh and buddy finally meet for the second time i mean initially the you know the the crate is on the road. Uh, Mom nearly hits the crate with her truck, uh, but that's not really where they meet. Or she does hit the crate, I guess. But um, she
1: she hits the crate a little bit, which is just enough for Buddy to get out. To get out, right? Although that road is clear with no obstructions. Mom is a bad driver for, for hitting that, for hitting that dog is there is nothing on the road. Well, it's not even like she comes up the hill, and there it is. It is a wide open stretch for miles and she nearly hits this thing. Her license should be suspended.
0: It's easier to shoot that way. Okay. So (laughs) I think it's when they meet, I think when Josh offers him the pudding, I think, um, that's probably the inciting incident because without these two worlds colliding, we really don't have a film. Yeah. No, I, and, I think and, right. we, and, and we have and we ha- yeah, and it sets up the first dramatic question, which is will mom let Josh keep the dog.
1: I mean it it I mean that is the first question of this. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna say though, and this goes back to our trailer conversation a little bit earlier. Uh-huh. While I do think this is the inciting incident, for me, it didn't feel like the inciting incident. I was like, okay, but this isn't about basketball. We need to get to basketball. To, like Boy Meets Dog is not our movie. Mm-hmm. The dog playing basketball is our movie. But I think, I think in retrospect now, having seen the whole thing, you're right, the inciting incident is, this is a boy and his dog movie more than it is a dog playing basketball movie. So mm-hmm. this is the inciting incident. Right. All righty. So going through the rising action, Uh, Josh and buddy bond. They, uh, Josh is at a new school where he doesn't quite fit in. Uh, he doesn't have any friends. He can join the basketball team, but only kind of joins it as like the water boy, the, the manager, what have you. And the other kids on the team still pick on him, even though he's doing their laundry, which, you know, not great. He hasn't, he hasn't really made it, but at home he has buddy and he can play basketball with buddy eventually he's given the opportunity to join the team eventually mom allows him to adopt buddy uh, you know the coach is removed from te- from from coaching after mm-hmm. an abusive circumstance where he's like re- which i was not prepared for In this movie, I was not prepared for a scene in which the coach throws basketball after basketball at the head of a kid. And the kid has a nosebleed. Uh, I was like, Whoa, that, that is a tonal shift. If ever I saw one. Mm -hmm. Um, But as it turns out, Josh has secret information that the custodian at the, at the school is actually a former basketball star, uh, and gets him to coach the team. Uh, Meanwhile, Norm comes back to try to reclaim custody of of Buddy. Josh tries to rescue Buddy, succeeds at rescuing Buddy, but sets Buddy free because he knows if he takes Buddy home, Norm is just going to take him back again. Mm-hmm. Andy, what would you say is the climax of this movie?
0: Well, I think this movie has a double climax because it-
1: I think it does.
0: answers two dramatic questions. Um, one it satisfies the con well it's got this really interesting sandwich structure right okay where the prologue asks the dramatic question that gets tied up at the very end i think it's actually clever clever for a movie actually but and we also kind of start from the dog's point of view and we end with the dog's point of view which is interesting too um everybody learns why yeah so but the first climax is, you know, what you paid your money to see in Airbud, which is Buddy joins the team and the team wins the game, right? Right. Um I think that's the first climax. But I think the more satisfying climax is Buddy chooses Josh over Norm after in the court case.
1: See, this is interesting because I do think that this is a, a non-traditional structure. Oh, for uh, sure. as you're saying it. For sure. Um so the question is, where are the stakes in this movie? Mm-hmm. And the stakes in one place is Josh and the basketball team, and will will he find his place? Will he make friends? Mm-hmm. But those are Josh's stakes. They're not Buddy's stakes. Buddy's got Josh, and and whether Josh wins or lose that loses that game, it really doesn't make a difference. No, He's a dog who loves his boy. Buddy's Buddy's struggle is he has this former abusive master, and what if he's forced to go back to that former abusive master? Right. But I will tell you that this this structure threw me for a loop. I, I'm telling Andy this as if she didn't get my text last night, <laughs> where I wrote, what is happening?
0: What is going on?
1: So, so uh, they win the basketball game, and then Norm goes to take Buddy back, And this time, mom is not just going to give Buddy back. They're going to go to court and contest it. And suddenly, we're in a courtroom. And suddenly, we're introduced to a judge. And this judge is a character. I mean, Mm -hmm. like... A comic character. He uh-huh. doesn't seem to know what case is in front of him until like that second. He has apparently never heard of people suing each other for custody over a dog. Like that that apparently has never happened in the history of his of his time. All of the kids are in the courtroom. The 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 Norm comes out in pure clown outfit. And I'm like, what? What is? What is happening? And I, Nobody's going to gonna Andy, turn this courtroom into a circus. Enter the and clown. then he comes in as a clown. <laughs> yes. and and suddenly the tone is wildly calm. Uh. <laughs> in the last ten minutes, we have slept. We have slipped from something where we were kind of like, this is our world, but they let a dog play basketball, to this sort of Threes Company sitcom style. Like wacky shenanigans, courthouse thing. Mm-hmm. And then the custodian, for some reason, is allowed to come in and start talking to the judge and goes, Well, Your Honor, I think we should let Buddy decide. What? what is happening in this last 10 minutes? And yet, Andy, it's the best part of the movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, the biggest flaw is I wonder why they didn't swear in the dog, but. Anyway.
1: The movie should be called <laughs> Air Buddy Colon Attorney at Paw and the dog should have to represent himself
0: no no no
1: what what do you mean no i'm telling you is this your
0: this isn't pitch time this is oh no
1: this isn't my pitch (laughs) although it although although i would i'm willing to bet our listeners at home want a legal series where air buddy is is the lawyer and every week he takes a new case
0: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. you disagree that's fine sure I mean, that's fine. I mean, I would help you write that. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: Will, will the lawyer approach the be- the bench? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come here, boy. Come here, boy. Approach the bench. <laughs>
0: exactly. Hilarious. Yeah, so that's the it's an interesting structure. Um and again, I don't know that we've ever seen that because usually Never. Usually, those kinds of things get wrapped up. The prologue gets wrapped up because, oh, Larry, I just figured it out as we're sitting here talking about it. So in that prologue, usually we see the antagonist, but we don't see the antagonist with the deuteragonist at the same time. Correct. Because I think Buddy's kind of a deuteragonist in this movie. So we have to wrap up their conflict satisfactorily. I read this as the logic
1: police came in because I mm-hmm. felt the present... Have I ever talked to you about the logic police? No. Um, so, okay. Well, hey, here's a little bit of a lesson for us. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, so I've talked in the past, I know I've talked about this, the one lie you're allowed to tell in your movie. Sure. Right? Uh, in this movie, the one lie is that the dog is allowed to play basketball. Mm-hmm. But the logic police come in and they work really hard to sell us that this is even though we know this is not a thing that could happen they're like they're like trying to make it seem like we well we have to justify it otherwise the audience won't believe it and there's a few instances in this in that scene well, first of all, the like the kid comes up with the idea and the coach goes and says, there is no rule in the book that says a dog can't play basketball. And they look and there is no rule. And then they look to the other coaches and the other coaches are like, well, we're not going to let you this dog play. And then the, and the coach says, our, our coach says, well, what, are you afraid you won't win if you play against the dog? And then they get consent from the other coaches. They're like, let the dog play. And it's mm-hmm. all because we know this couldn't happen. And, and all the logic police is here to make us say, but look at all of these things that went together to allow the dog to play basketball. I guess it could happen. So now at the end of the movie, we know. Buddy and Josh have to be together. We know that the movie has set up that this is actually not Josh's dog and legally it's very sad, but the clown gets the dog back in the real world. Right. So we've got to set up all of these shenanigans to get Josh to get his dog back, which is number one, the papers got ruined in the water as if there's no record anywhere else. Those papers are destroyed, so now it's ambiguous. And then number two, the judge is a character. He's an eccentric old coot who allows stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And then number three, like like, and it's, and it's just like all of this stuff, and it's just like, give the kid his dog back. Just give him, like, like you're working so hard to tell me how this is going to go down when there is zero suspense in it. I don't need the logic police to straighten this out. We know where this is going. No one in the audience is going to be like, I liked it, but I didn't like that the clown didn't, the evil clown didn't get the dog back. That's not real. Well,
0: I think, I think though, for, for a kid's movie and for a family movie, like this is tension that a child can manage.
1: So all of this logic police stuff, Is also at play. I feel like in these last scenes with the courthouse, which is we know that in the real world the clown gets the dog, even if the dog loves the boy more, because the clown owns the dog. Like that's the it's a matter of legalese and not a matter of hearts. Judges have to make tough decisions like this all the time. So the logic police steps in. And starts going. Well, we know that that's what would happen. But let's start. Let's start like putting like coincidence upon coincidence upon coincidence to get us to the outcome we want. The clown shows up in a clown outfit, which undercuts his argument uh, that he's he would be like a good owner. He shows up with his papers are in a little Ziploc bag, and they've been reduced to mulch. Um, then, then the judge himself. Is this wacky, eccentric character who who seems to like be very easily influenced by outside sources to the point where even like the the random coach can suddenly walk in dramatically to to the court and mm-hmm. suggest that um, the dog gets to decide. The judge then gives like a little mini mini monologue. In all my years on the bench, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of cockamamie ideas, but this one I like. With, with like a little bit of a reversal. And every step of the way they're telling us, we know this isn't what would really happen in this situation, but we're trying to present logic that will get us there. And that for me is what I kind of mean by logic police, which is just like they're constantly like trying to explain something where it's entirely possible that you could just do this scene straight mm-hmm. and you could argue that, well, the judge is like a King Solomon judge and says, well, the dog the dog loves the boy, and uh, law be darned, I'm going to send him there. Mm-hmm. But they, they feel like they need to put an underlying logic as to how we get to this place where the kid gets the dog, and I don't know that I need all of those things to be true for me to get to this end result. Does
0: that make sense? It does, and I hear your argument. If it's true- that the filmmakers wanted to create a movie that had contained an important message. The important message is that no dog deserves to be abused. Nothing, you know, and we need to make it very, very clear. And without any ambiguity that buddy is never going to go back to this clown ever.
1: Oh, okay. And, and that's interesting. Cause there is, this other storyline with a coach, which with the other coach kind of abusing a kid on his team.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so, and that that's not tolerated and that that coach is getting fired. Right. Mm. And even Larry's like, uh, Larry, the kid on the team, his father, the bully, is yes. the bully, his, he's being bullied by his father. Right. And so, that father is like, that's not something the principal's going to tolerate. Is that? So they sort of mirror each other. Those two stories. There's a lot of stories about abuse and loss in this movie. I mean, Josh has lost his dad. Um, and so we, we really want to take out the possibility that, you know, buddy could be further hurt, right? Because buddy represents all of that abuse. I wonder
1: then, I, 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 I hearing what you're putting down. I, I suspect this is maybe a look, I, I, I don't want to say this, but I suspect this may be a theme that that emerged accidentally as opposed to being planned from the beginning. Well, uh,
0: you wonder because it almost feels like we take time out to go see um when when Michael Jeter is inserted, right? When when Norm Snively comes back into the scene. Um it almost feels like he comes in artificially. I know from research that this movie ran out of money while they were making it, oh. and they had to take some time to go, actually, to the Weinsteins to ask for a cash infusion. So, That's a movie too, yeah, exactly, That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a the movie. Um, so, I know that, and and I wonder if part of that cash infusion came with some strings. Somebody took a look at it and said. It's okay, but really, we need this clown to be. We, you know, how can we add more? How can it be more? Um, and really, we need a final scene with the clown to make absolutely sure this is all wrapped up for this kid.
1: So I wonder if, and, and Andy, I don't know that this is right, but tell me what you think about this. If we're going for a King Solomon's court, situation at the end here the, oh, yeah. the story of of the two women and there's a baby and each say it's one baby king solomon makes a pronouncement we'll cut the baby in yeah. half
0: cut the baby in two that's right
1: right and one mother is fine with it and the other mother says give 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 her to um give her to the other mother because it's more important that the baby's alive and right. that's how solomon knows except they don't go far enough with it Right. I think we probably need the moment where the judge is in, is inclined to be like, I'm going to take the dog away from both of you and send him to the pound where mm-hmm. he'll be executed. And the clown is like, well, your honor, if that's what you got to do, it's what you got to do. But and that's then the pretty dark. breaks <laughs> Well, but, but we had that at the beginning. He was going to, like, he was like, you're going to go to the pound and you're going to die there, buddy. Um, (laughs) And then, and then have the kid break down and say, your honor, let him have the dog. Right. I feel like that, I feel like that would be like the judge would actually be wise and would, this judge just seems to be like, I'm amused by the whole proceedings. Mm -hmm. I don't really seem to care where the dog goes. I just want to have fun in my courtroom.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he says it's a cockamamie idea, right? It comes from this coach and the coach says, let the dog decide, which, you know, the coach shows up as a friend of the court and they have a connection, which, I, okay, we'll, we, we'll talk about that when we get into character. Sure, sure, sure. And in, we the Supreme court, a,
1: in the Supreme Court, a lot of the times one of the chief justices will get up and be like, that's a cockamamie idea, but you know, I love it. And then all the Supreme Court justices go out back and they do like a relay race. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's why I love That's why I love our country's judicial system.
0: (laughs) Let's talk about character. So Josh uh, played by Kevin Zegers. um, I think he has something really special as an actor, as a kid. I mean, one of the things I think that is a real strength of this movie is the fact that we show, we do not tell. There are lots of spaces with not a lot of dialogue. So this is not a movie that you can like turn on and listen to. Uh, beca- and figure it out. Um, this is something you have sh- actually have to watch as a spectacle. Um, He's got and- very
1: soulful eyes, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, very, very expressive. Um, and and honestly, if you told me that in the making of this movie, this boy fell in love with this dog, I I believe it. Oh yeah, I would believe I, it in a second.
0: I think the two of them have a really special connection, and I think um, he brings a lot. I think Josh's character, as written, is also really good. In the sense that Josh has had this incredible loss, he is um, processing this loss. I think the scene where he gives the dog the pudding is just so sweet because no, he's, this, sacri- this, he's sacrificial. He is as lonely as this dog is, and so the fact that that they make this connection of somebody, they, need they each bro- other, they I need mean, each other. Yeah,
1: it's it. I mean, all of that is really great. Um, I and really. I I think this is interesting in the sense that Josh's problems are not a character flaw. No. They're a trauma event. That's right. Josh is having trouble processing the fact that his father is gone. Right. And that's causing not not like disruptive behavior from Josh, but Josh is just adrift and and doesn't know what to do. It's like, I I mean, he's like sleepwalking a little bit through his life. Yeah. and i i'm fine with that you know some like it doesn't need to be a character flaw mm-hmm. it needs to be a journey and this is a journey about healing and it's not healing in like in like the sense that like you know like josh necessarily comes to terms with his father's death maybe josh never will mm-hmm. but but i mean i hope that he will but 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 the fact of the matter is is there's love in the world if you can find it and mm-hmm. he finds it with this dog. Right. Um I like that. And and love and sometimes just what you just need is this space to love someone and it puts things in perspective for you. It, I really it gives like you the, the space.
0: Yeah, I really like the fact that Josh fails in this movie. He fails to make the basket, he fails to win the game, he fails um to but he also takes risks. Um he he does take a risk to sign up for the basketball team. He does take a risk to get to know uh coach or who becomes coach Cheney, right? so he gets he he's takes a risk to give the dog the pudding like he's he's got some agency uh and he makes choices which i think are are pretty good
1: no i i think i think that's true uh i i yeah i i liked him in this uh, I also think in the movie in which uh buddy is on the basketball team from like minute fifteen mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in that movie. It probably does end with, like, like the other kids on the team are like, you're only on the team because your dog's on the team. You don't right. have the skills. It's all the dog. And right. then at the end of the movie, Buddy's not on the court and Josh makes the spot, the the shot, and it's a believing in yourself movie. Um, I don't need that.
0: No, I don't this, need that. This is a better all. movie. This is a better movie.
1: well And I, we don't need little kids to mm-hmm. try to be superstars. We really don't. We don't need to no, encourage I mean, that idea.
0: I mean, this—that's a whole, whole another discussion. But uh, I ha- i certainly have my thoughts about how children should just be able to play. And On the
1: elementary school level, which this is at, I mean, like, don't tell me like there are there are coaches scouting in the audience for this. That like, we want to see kids playing.
0: I mean, okay. I, th- I think the same thing for high school level too. I mean, I think people, well, I, people doing rec, I mean, I mean, all of a sudden when you hit middle school for some weird reason, now it becomes competitive. Now it becomes this thing. It's like, why can't you just play for fun? So yeah. Why does I, that ever stop? Anyway. I mean, Harry
1: Potter doesn't need to be a kidditch star. He just needs no, to play. That's right. That's the only sports I actually know. So, <laughs> so.
0: All right. Air buddy himself. Uh, there are doubles used. There's a lot of animal talent in this movie, which is honestly something I miss. Um, the credits do indicate there are no special visual effects were used in the basketball sequences. Amazing. They, want, amazing. they want you to know that this dog hit all of his shots. And there were t- claims at the time that Buddy had a better three-point percentage than Shaquille O'Neal, which I think is amazing. So... Um, <laughs>
1: Well that would be a movie too. I, I mean, they should they should have just made the sequels. Now, like Air Buddy gets gets picked for the big leagues, you know. They do. He has to I mean, play they're... against and he's got to play against Shaquille O'Neal. And it's a That's... real rivalry between the <laughs> two of them.
0: No, I think I think Buddy has written is again the big face. We see a lot of empathy in this dog. And this dog is solid. So um Really, really the, the only dog.
1: advantage CGI dogs have over real dogs in my mind is they prob- probably won't trigger my allergies
0: other than that real right. dogs all the way right 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 um i yeah i think the way he's used as a character is excellent because again there's a lot of interplay with like i think the bath scene is adorable i think the um m- mom you know, he wins mom over. I think the stealing the paper scene is really innovative and interesting. It
1: because, is because Because we
0: I, I didn't really register the first time I saw this why he was stealing the papers. Yes. Idiot. Like, and then all of a sudden at the end it pays off. Well, oh, that's why he's been stealing the papers. Like, the papers
1: were the form of abuse that he, he had. That's he just, right. He, he recognized that as if they have the papers, they might hurt me. Which- or they might hurt Josh. Or they might hurt Josh. Oh my gosh, I didn't right. even think of that. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. No, I, the more you're saying it, I didn't really see how much this movie was about like abuse, but mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it's there. I I don't know that it's intentional, but I think it's there.
0: Yeah, I think it's subtextual, but it's definitely uh, definitely big. Uh, Norm Snively. Played by Michael Jeter, um, Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle from Sesame Street.
1: <laughs> yes, I like Mr. Brothers, Mr. Noodle, Mr. Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. Um, <laughs> right. I I I do enjoy that. I remember him. I think from Evening Shade. Um, oh, sure. Where, yeah. Yeah. He was great. He was great on that. And he really does have clown skills.
0: I mean, that's, yeah. That, I mean, that Val, Val and I just watched the Fisher King last night and he definitely brings such big energy to that movie. And he brings a lot of big energy to this movie too. And the scenes with him really are, I mean, he steals every scene. He's great.
1: Uh, I mean, the, here's the thing about it. He's an amazing clown. Mm-hmm. And and I re- I said this earlier that opening scene where he's like failing to juggle and he's tripping over furniture. If I were a kid there, I'd be howling. He's so talented.
0: Yes, he's talented he's so- at not being talented, right?
1: But also, I think he gives really good performance in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as ridiculous as it was that he showed up in a clown suit to the to the court trial, uh-huh. um, like the speeches he's giving. Um, the way that he's he's delivering like impassioned pleas that I love old blue like he's like uh-huh. like he's my son where where he's saying it in a way that you would be like I could see someone being fooled by it but at the same time I'm not fooled by it it's a really tricky
0: needle to thread um, yeah I, I mean the the kids like like that's another place of dramatic irony like right we know that he's been abusive. But, yes. but they don't know, they don't like, like Josh suspects it, but he doesn't really know. They've never really seen it. And we get that in the court case, right? Like he's never really actually seen Norm hurt the dog. Right. So, but we all know it. And, and so we want justice. And so that's, that's pretty important. Is, I, I
1: mean, not, not for spoilers or anything. Is Norm in the other air buddy movies? Does he come back? Is he always trying to get the dog back or is he one and done with this one?
0: I think he's one and done, but I don't. I don't know that I've seen the others. I mean, I've seen the buddies movies because that was something that. But I don't know. Yeah, that that's I've like seen that's almost other. like its own thing. Yeah, uh, I don't I, know. that I've seen just, the others.
1: Just curious. Just
0: curious. okay. Uh, Jackie, whose mom played by Wendy McKenna, um,
1: she is saddled with some unfortunate expository uh, work dialogue, yes. which yes. is almost impossible for any actor to deliver right right uh there's the scene in the guidance counselor's office where where she just like she like lists all of the things that have happened to josh and oh and i think he used to want to play basketball but doesn't seem to be interested in basketball anymore also his dad died that that that's weighing on him also we moved also this also that i think he'd like to be in the band
0: and like it's i think that is, is an unfortunate scene in this movie Um, That is a flaw in this movie is that there's a lot. Whenever mom has to tell a bunch of stuff uh, and not show it, uh, I think it's a loss for the film. I have a question
1: for you. Sure. Why why does Josh have a younger sister? There's this little baby girl in the house. Uh Uh-huh. Andrea. Yeah. Andrea, she is not in this story at all. Um and generally speaking, you try not to have little babies or little kids in right. in a movie because it makes the shooting harder kids. to have the kids and
0: dogs in this movie. So that's and, yeah. and the, but, yeah. but
1: really I was thinking she must be in there because at some point the little baby's life must be in danger and mm-hmm. an Airbud is gonna save her. Mm-hmm. But no. She's just she's just there. It's a weird it's a weird choice for me.
0: I mean, I think mom gets distracted by the baby and so doesn't notice what Josh is doing a lot. So that's a possibility, but not much of a function, really, as a character, unfortunately. I just don't,
1: When I think about how much they probably had to pay to have the kid, to have a double for the kid, to have a child wrangler, uh, how it affected the shooting when the kid when the little baby girl was not in a good
0: mood. Well, yeah, like they're twins, actually. So Jesse Bell and Katie Mather. So. Yes,
1: yeah, so that, that's probably a that that probably I would have I would have cut the baby because yeah. uh, because it never comes into the story properly. Right. Ma, and that would have maybe given mom more of a focus on mm-hmm. Josh. uh it, it might have helped. Mm-hmm. It might it might have. All they've got
0: is each other. Right. Uh, Coach Joe Barker, uh, who is the first coach. I kind of ha- I have I had mixed feelings about him. I mean, he's pretty much like every coach, el- every elementary coach I ever had. Um. Up until, uh, you know, he hit the kid in the face. Um, but there is this idea of winning being the most important thing, and um, yeah. So I, not I cool. was thrown by him.
1: Mm-hmm. I was legit thrown by him, Andy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it is a complicated portrayal of a character who who again, is revealed to be abusive at the end of this. Mm-hmm. But at one point, Josh shows up for basketball tryouts, doesn't try out. This coach recognizes this kid needs to be part of something and says, mm-hmm. listen, how about you be the manager of the team? And I thought, what a great guy that he recognizes Josh didn't have like in him to audition for the team yet, but he's found a way to make him part of the team. Right. He's pitiable. Right. But at the same time, this dude ends up being a monster, Mm -hmm. Um, which is far more complicated for a movie in which we're going to later on have a clown show up for his day in court in the squeaky shoes. It's just it's it it was it was it was a wild reveal to me. I didn't see it coming.
0: Well, and again, thematically, I think this movie really is about, you know, the abuse is not okay.
1: Which is amazing. I didn't, I really didn't see it till you brought it up. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing it all over the place now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's subtextual. I think it's, I think, and again, this is 1997. Uh, so this isn't, this is new information for a lot of children. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is not, there. there's a whole lot that happens, I think, in the 1990s when we start talking about what's okay it, it and what's not diff- okay
1: it was such a different mm-hmm. time about what we were willing to talk about what we were afraid of mm-hmm. and what we weren't afraid of right is just um we were afraid that there were drug dealers hiding behind trees about to leap out at us and force force us to take drugs right but w- like no concern at all about people getting into the back seats of strangers cars
0: right wild where our priorities were at them right then there's uh the you know the uh Arthur Cheney line. So it's kind of a subplot, uh, where, uh, coach Cheney played by Bill Cobbs, uh, a great character actor, Josh discovers who Art Cheney really is. And if again, another quibble I have with this movie, it's just, it's a very small quibble. It's surprising to me that no one knows who Art Cheney is when the judge knows who Art Cheney is.
1: It is not a small quibble. I had the same quibble. What is this dude's story? Mm -hmm. How did he end up here? He played professional basketball, and now he's doing laundry in an elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet, he seems to be content, and he's able to step up to be the coach of the basketball team. he seems to have a wisdom behind him. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we were doing this movie today, we would get like a little bit of his backstory mm-hmm. as to why he's here. And we'd see him healing in this yeah, movie because, a little
0: bit. Because we see, well, we do kind of see him healing in that he has a voice he didn't use at the beginning. And now he uses it uh, to protect Airbud. Um, But, you know, he's painted as sort of this has been who is now a, you know, that's just how we treat people that they're disposable. Right. Um, and so he's been disposed and he's, I mean, interestingly, he and Norm have uh, similar are in similar spaces. Uh, yep. They're both in kind of dead end jobs that they don't seem to like, or have a lot of joy for. And yet art makes a different choice.
1: I I would have I I just think more time with this character, please more time with mm-hmm. this actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got him, might as well use him.
0: Uh, yeah, to, I mean so, I we'll, I mean I could see where I could see a movie where Josh would help redeem the clown. Like that would be an interesting movie for me. So that the clown doesn't stay the villain. But I think once I think once somebody's abusive in a movie, they need to you know again that ambiguity. They need to stay unabusive. But I. Yeah, I like this. I like this. Uh, and line. see,
1: and my fix, and and I, I like your fix. My fix would be this: mm-hmm. I would have Air Buddy get found by Arthur Cheney, and like he's got this dog who wants to play basketball with him again. It re inspires his love for the game. He eventually becomes the coach and puts the dog on the team, and that's all great. But then one of the kids on the team also loves the dog, mm-hmm. and the coach realizes like the kid needs the dog more. So he's oh, got a wow. chance to go get his dreams back. He's got a chance mm-hmm. to get his dreams back. And like the dog is his ticket to being back in the back in the limelight, right? Like like they're going to be like this amazing act, but then he realizes what the dog really needs is a young boy to love. And then it's I
0: I, I kind of like that version
1: cool. of the movie too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um there's a lot here. There's a lot. There's a lot, lot you, do a lot you could setup. do. Yeah, and clearly they did. So <laughs> with a lot of lot of sequels. So you could
1: uh, launch him into space. You I, could make him Santa Claus. You <laughs> can do anything. You can
0: make him trick or treat. Okay, so yes. uh given Airbud, Airbud Golden Receiver, Airbud World Pup, Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch, and Airbud's Spikes Back. Uh, what would we do in our pitch time here with this franchise? I mean, I mean, there's there's just so
1: much here uh, mm-hmm. that you could do. And I guess the obvious answer would be like more sports. There's no rule in the book that a, a dog can't ride a motorcycle. Um, pickleball, I don't see, pickleball right. sport. <laughs> but, but for me, uh, I am going to, you know, a number of people, including one of our listeners, have made a similar variation of, of a theme on a joke, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm going to expand here. The idea here is currently – the House of Representatives doesn't have a speaker. <laughs> and the conversation is going on that the Speaker of the House doesn't actually have to be an elected representative. It could be someone else. And and as uh, a number of people, including uh, Pod Podkathir Bryn Tanner, has pointed out, there is no rule in the book that says a dog can't be Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am proposing uh, – we can workshop the title. I've got two either – Airbud colon speaker of the doghouse, or and I think I prefer this one. Airbud colon the filibarker. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs> I can't stop laughing. Okay, um, what have you got for excellent. us, Andy? Actually, actually, I don't have a specific pitch. It's more of a of a statement I'd like to make, and the statement is: I think Disney needs to bring back animal actors. I yes, think there are 100%. ways. I think there are ways to do it ethically, uh, where animals get joy in what they do. But if you've ever seen, I mean, this dog loves doing this work for sure. In this movie, it's clear. you can see it's a joyful it. Joyful I mean, performance. The, the 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 basketball. He is following it with his eyes. I mean, he loves this. Uh, he absolutely loves this um, this work. So I think bringing back animal actors uh creating a world where animals can be ethically treated but at the same time uh I mean I miss seeing them on screen. I agree and but I I think a lot of the CGI stuff is kind of lazy. And so um and, and and not and not, and action- not soulful, honestly. Not soulful at all. We call them live action movies,
1: but they're uh-huh. not live action if they're CGI. I mean that's that's, that's correct. Not- it's
0: I, it's dead I'll action. Yeah. So, that's my that's just my pitch. I mean, I I couldn't really think of anything that hasn't been done, uh hasn't been covered there's with Airbud. There's
1: no <laughs> rule in the book that a rhinoceros can't be a ballerina.
0: Right. Well, there's I mean, I I also thought of an idea of like what if Airbud made a movie? Like what if he became a director of a film? <laughs> And, and it's a movie
1: with all dog actors, but one human is all is doing the dog tricks. Right. And this, yes. Okay. It's a reverse world. Thanks,
0: Larry. This was fun. Oh,
1: no. My
0: pleasure. Uh, so if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And then also remember, we've got our hundredth episode coming up. We'd really like to hear from you listeners. You can shoot us a message on our once upon a Disney Facebook page or an email at once upon a Disney podcast at gmail.com to share your thoughts about uh, everything, I guess. <laughs> Complain about me. Uh, we have some <laughs>
1: listeners who have grievances against me? I get these emails. If you want to make your case about why I'm <laughs> wrong about something, uh, and you want me to have to take it because you're not even there for me to respond to, this is uh. this is your opportunity.
0: Well, your opportunity. Until next time, friends. We'll see you real soon. See you real soon.